Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. We have a whole squad that can really hoop and get the job done. We got our way to win. It's simple, simple, simple for us. The first team ever in the 74-year history of the NBA to come back from being down 3-1 twice in the same playoffs. Nuggets down one into Murray. Here we go. Ten seconds. Murray to Jokic. Jokic. What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Chicken Nuggets podcast on Denver Stiffs Network. Right now, the only podcast on the network. Kind of crazy. We were not on the network for like a couple years and still part of Denver Stiffs, and then now we're finally on the network, and now we're the only ones. Uh, Lots of changes for the Stiffs, but glad to be part of the network and thinking about putting out more episodes so that you guys have more Uh, things to listen to throughout the week. Obviously, we'd love to put out more episodes, but it does help if you all subscribe and download and listen and share the podcast as much as you can. Um, I did see a lot of people talking over the weekend just about Nikola Jokic and his foul issue, you know, the fouls and how the refs aren't really used. Did you guys see that narrative out there, Riley? Um, I definitely see where he's coming from. I mean, was it talked about out there though at all? Um, the, like people claim that just to get this right. You're talking about how Jokic basically got in a scuffle because there's a foul. I mean, even more so. But I, I was just gonna say it. In general, I saw over the weekend people complaining that nobody who covers the Nuggets has talked about this uh, free throw disparity and Nicola um, not getting treated fairly on the, at the foul line or in foul in games, I guess, with the fouls. And I, I feel like we've talked about that. We've definitely addressed that here. So, you know, people who listen to the pod share it to other places so that everybody can hear that. But yeah, I was wondering, did that storyline get out that way? Because that I was at that game and I didn't even notice he got up into that ref's face. And then when I saw the video, I was like, whoa. Because it didn't look that that intense from the angle where I was sitting, It, but it looked really intense the way the camera was. Yeah, I um, actually I had some friends send me videos of it on social media as well and here's the thing I think yes there's a huge foul disparity disparity Jesus can't speak English um but I think it's a combination of things um the most frequent guy he's compared to is Embiid and Embiid shoots a lot more free throws a game but you could say the argument that Embiid is a lot more physical with defenders than Nikola is. And I'm, I'm not saying that that's 100% of the time, but I am saying that Nikola, 
Nicola isn't going up the same way and Beatty is going up in the paint, if that makes sense. I mean, I think now, does Nicola still miss a lot of, like, do the refs still a lot of, miss a lot of calls for Nicola? Yes. Is he on the way bottom of stars getting called fouls for? Yes. But uh, with people comparing the MB to Jokic foul difference, I think that's a bit of a stretch. Mm. I mean, I think Embiid's size really does help him in the paint. Like, it looks more like he's, you know, uh, gosh, I don't even know, bouncing off other players, I guess, in the paint because maybe he's a little bit bulkier. But I don't think that Jokic doesn't go hard in the paint. You see on his arms, there's scratches, they're red. Like, we've seen him several videos recently, right, where the actually the Nuggets – own team twitter account has been kind of trolling the refs by posting videos specific videos where they show like a foul that's like a very obvious foul and he gets hit in the face or something like that i still don't think it was right like when i saw the video where he ran up on the ref and kind of got in his face the ref totally like was terrified (laughs) he was really scared he was about to get punched in the face and i didn't think that that's right because like you don't want to I mean, I don't think that he needed to like run at the ref. Obviously he wanted to talk to him and that's why he was fouling. Um, I don't even know what player he fouled there on Orlando, but he fouled a player to stop the play so that he could talk to the ref. But I do think, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't even matter to me if it's Embiid and Jokic. It just matters that there's a huge disparity. There's Jokic and Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert goes to the line more. Any player who's Jokic's size is going to the line more for whatever reason and I don't know if it's because Jokic doesn't really play like a big. He kind of plays like a point guard. And so I don't know if that's why he doesn't get as many calls or what it is. But I think Nuggets Nation is frustrated about it, for sure. I mean, I see where they're coming from. But I feel like what you just said perf- perfectly like is aligned with the situation. you saying that maybe it's because he plays more like a guard. Well, typically guards aren't getting those calls that the post are getting anyway and I just think even with Gobert you said that Embiid bounces off people I think that's because Embiid goes into people and I don't necessarily think Jokic always goes into people I think he has more of a post variety and to the point where he doesn't need to go into people but I think it's just Gobert and B Davis, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, those guys are all have a completely different game than Jokic. Those guys are way more similar, and their foul calls kind of show it. Jokic is just a different game. It's a more European type game, um, which seems to get less foul calls. But I mean, you could say that because. You said guards don't get called as many fouls. I mean, look at James Harden. I knew you were going to say that. I knew I said most because I knew you were going to say that. But you know me and you know you and everybody mostly in our country doesn't agree with all those foul calls that he gets. So I'll leave it at that. One thing everyone in our country can agree on is that James Harden should not get all those foul calls. (laughs) But nothing else. here in the United States. Go to the podcast tonight. (laughs) Oh gosh. We all know it. Right. Well, I mean, aside from 
the big foul issue or whatever, Jokic kind of coming up on that ref, the Nuggets are playing amazing. Their offensive rating is out of the roof. Their defensive rating, not too bad either. Um, they're always kind of finding a way. Their depth is obviously much deeper now with you adding Aaron Gordon. Um, the bench has struggled over the last few games, but showed up tonight against the Pistons. Um, Aaron Gordon has now played what I would say, what, well, actually what Aaron Gordon would say is some meaningful basketball games where he has I love that quote. He's really <laughs> easiest baskets of his life. Uh, that's the other thing he said after playing, um, I think it was before the Magic, it might have been after the Magic game. He said, these are the easiest baskets I'm getting in my life, in my career. Like that's going to start like a, a, a quote spreadsheet, I feel like on Aaron Gordon. No, I don't. Watch but, out. I just thought that that's hilarious because it's like he's, he I mean, he's totally trolling his old team, unfortunately for them, but hilarious for us. Uh, and I mean, it's a great game to watch. I'm loving it. I'm, wa I'm loving watching him get the easiest baskets of his life. I got to go to the game uh, against Orlando as a fan and he had a reverse dunk and it was amazing. It was so much fun to watch. Yeah. I think that, um, him being on the Nuggets really gives him an opportunity to kind of blossom as a player. And honestly, I feel like now more than ever, it's given him an opportunity for the future to be a future all-star because I think he has that capabilities. And I think it's going to be able to be shown in the playoffs and however far down the road they get. Um, but having some of the pressure taken off, because the only person you needed to guard on the Magic was Aaron Gordon. Easy game plan. But this way, so much of the pressure is taken off of his shoulders and he could kind of play his, his game. And I think this, the, the same could be said about Michael Porter Jr. too. So it's a win-win situation. Yeah, I agree. I think Porter Jr. has benefited quite a bit from Aaron Gordon being on this team and being kind of behind him to pick up his slack if he does let, let a guy through. But I was surprised tonight that uh, Jeremy Grant played so well with, I, I thought for sure Aaron Gordon was going to guard him. I wasn't surprised that he played well. Obviously I thought he was going to come out and try to try to play his best basketball against this, this team in particular. But um, I just thought Aaron Gordon was going to not struggle with him as much as he did. Um, what do you think? Oh, I, I don't think anything fuels a fire more than playing your your old team. And I, if I'm Jeremy Grant, I'm thinking these guys wanted to keep me out of third option and I'm coming to, back to Denver to show them I'm not a third option. And I think it just comes down as simple as that. And I think the player that comes out the most motivation ends up having the better game. And I, I think that's all there is to it. Do I think Jeremy Grant's is a great player? No, he's sitting with the Detroit Pistons at 15 and 35. So uh, I'm not about to give him kudos. I'm not about to give him a round of applause. Um, you did what you were supposed to do tonight. Did he show the Nuggets that he's not a third option? Because he had 29, no. uh, let's see, five rebounds and four assists. You had Michael Porter Jr. who had 25 points, seven rebounds, no assists. Uh, 
And obviously Jamal Murray's uh, out tonight, but he would have put up big numbers. Did he prove to them that he is not a third option on this team? Because No, because the Nuggets won and he was a no option. Um, it comes down to that. Even him being the first option on Detroit, they still lost. Right. So the option game, you can't play it. Maybe if they would have won, but then again, you're sitting with a 15 and 35 team. Um, I take, I take Michael Porter Jr. over Jeremy Grant every day. And uh, he could take his ego up to Michigan. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I'm speculating here, but I watched the Pistons broadcast tonight and I think there's got to be something in Jeremy Grant's deal where they have to say Jeremy Grant and the Pistons playing this team or that team. Jeremy Grant and the Pistons heading into Utah to face the Jazz. They always include Jeremy Grant and the Pistons. Jeremy Grant and his Detroit Pistons. I'm like, is this got to be in his contract somewhere that this, like, he's the first option. He's got to be in the promos. Like, because I swear they said it a lot. Not that this broadcast was uh, top tier, because let me tell you, they said a bunch of other things that I will point out in a second here. Which broadcast? Oh, I'm, do? I'm pretty interested. Yeah. I'm intrigued. <laughs> um, well, let's see. They kept saying, the other thing that was really getting under my skin, they kept saying that uh, Jeremy Grant, what the N Denver Nuggets lost in Jeremy Grant and how could they let Jeremy Grant go? And I'm like, that is not what happened. That is, I mean, they were willing to pay him the exact same amount Detroit was paying him. So that is not what happened. They said that more than one time. They also called MPJ Facundo Campazzo after he drained three. That was intentional for sure. No, I don't think so. Because then afterwards he goes, Oh, that was MPJ. Now that's Facundo Campazzo. <laughs> like after, and I was like, bruh. Also on this broadcast, pretty fun. Will, I mean, you could just tell that they've never, they never watched the Denver Nuggets. Uh, they called Will Barton the third, Will Barton Jr. multiple times. And then the broadcaster said, oh, it's actually Will Barton the third. And then proceeded to call him Will Barton Jr. multiple times after that. It was strange. It was a very strange broadcast. I don't know if they were trolling him there because that felt like a troll. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know what it sounds like. They kind of had like this weird tension thing going on with the Nuggets. And it honestly just seems like they're jealous. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what it seems like. There was something else they said, and I, I was like in the middle of working out because I like to work out while I watch the game. It helps me focus, you know, and not look at my phone and everything. And uh, I was like, I need to go write that down because they said something else that was really stupid. And I didn't write it down and I can't think of it now, too. So there were other there were other flaws that happened in their broadcast tonight. But interesting. I love watching the opponent broadcast because you learn about how teams don't pay attention to Denver. You learn what they think about Denver. You learn what other places are talking about in in regards to this team. And usually it's, they don't, they aren't talking about us. Um, hopefully that is gonna change now that Denver has won every game undefeated since the Aaron Gordon trade. And I think they're 15 of their last 18, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they're doing pretty, pretty well. 
MPJ has kind of been following that uphill uh, slope since the Nuggets have been playing well. He also has been playing well. Um, they outscore, they out-rebound Orlando tonight. They outscore them in the paint, or Pistons tonight. They outscore them in the paint as well. And the bench points, the bench comes in and, and outscores their bench as well. It was a kind of an overall good game, except for the Pistons were kind of in it at the beginning and we were confused. And <laughs> uh, What did you see from the Nuggets tonight, positive or negative takeaway, Ryan? Um, honestly, I think really the past like six games since Gordon's been here, the team has come out with like actual confidence and like, remember at the beginning, well, honestly, before the All-Star break, when I was like, they kind of like needed a fire lit under their, their tails to be like, okay, we can be good, but you have to play all four quarters and it's a team game. I feel like ever since Gordon got there, they realized this. And they're like, I don't know if it was because the media got involved or if it was like them realizing, oh, we got a great, great team. But now they realize how good they are. And now they're playing up to potential. And I think it comes down to just confidence. And I think they believe in their team again. But that's what it kind of seemed like. They were a step and a half in front of everything the Pistons tried to do tonight. They were on top of it. They never took their foot off the gas, really. Um, it was good to see. Effort all around. Yeah. Um, I would – the only concern I have is when Corden is not in the game defensively. But until I see a full, a full game where it's taken advantage of um, – Honestly, all good things. Right. It's it's hard to criticize this team because they're so they're doing, I mean, just amazing things on offense. The offense is so much fun to watch. And you're right, they're pretty awesome on defense, especially when Gordon's on the floor. One thing I I thought looked really great after tonight, or I guess I didn't think it looked really great, but I thought I was more worried about this, about Jamal Murray sitting out tonight. Jamal's been kind of that staple guy, the the bridge guy in that second unit. He'll usually stay on with that second unit for uh, a few minutes, if not the entire time sometimes, um, running with Facundo Campazzo and those other guys just so that they can still get the offense rolling because I think that secondary unit was really struggling on offense, could not get a bucket for a while there. Um Jamal Murray start has been running with them for this last stretch and MPJ took that role over tonight, played with the second unit uh, well into the fourth quarter in parts of the second quarter. And he, I just thought he did a really good job. He was active on the boards. He wasn't just standing around. He uh, was smart with his possessions getting, uh, and I, I mean, especially just the fact that he he was carrying them on offense and still participating on the defensive side of the ball. I was really pleased with MPJ tonight. I, I think he's on a roll of his own. And then of course, my favorite thing that happened all night long, Jokic shooting or passing to somebody, somebody else missing the rebound. So he gets an assist because he passes to somebody they shoot and miss. So Jokic gets their rebound and then puts it back. He got an assist, a rebound and a bucket on one possession 
that is crazy and it happened like a few times like Facundo Campazzo missed a layup it bounces off Jokic gets the rebound and the putback boom rebound and bucket at the same time or um Aaron Gordon too uh same thing happened with Aaron Gordon where he passes gets the assist Gordon misses he Jokic rebounds it give it back to Gordon Gordon misses again Jokic puts it back it's crazy he is a beast he does it all you saw that probably loose ball tap in as well. He is a highlight reel. He's the MVP of this league. He's so much fun to watch. And now he's got Gordon next to him. And it's like, it's just magic. Having that defensive addition to the team has been really fun and almost like a breather. Like we can kind of like exhale a little bit. I think we were really worried about this team not being better than they were last year. Now they're definitely better. Yeah, we were we were more than worried. We were like, "This all right? This ain't it?" Because we also didn't think they were gonna do a trade. But um, at this point, I could, I mean, obviously, I'm riding the hype train right now, but rightfully so, because I have won 15 out of the last 18. Um, I think this could be a dark horse for the Western Finals. I think it depends. When LeBron comes back and all that good stuff for the Lakers, um, seeing where they end up, because right now we're four and they're five and we don't want to play them in the first round. As good as I think we are, no, that's not the matchup I'm trying to see. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised, though, if Denver keeps climbing the ladder. Uh, I don't think the Lakers honestly care that much, as much as – they just came off the bubble winning the championship and they're trying to get their guys rested. They know they could ball out in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but if I'm, if I'm Denver, I'm trying to move up uh, maybe another spot or two, uh, which they're fully capable of. Um, I think their next two games are versus the Spurs, right? Back to back Spurs and then the Celtics. Yeah. So this, the Celtics, I'm going to be, intrigued to watch um even though the Celtics aren't playing great but um those are what Celtics lose tonight against the Sixers they did yeah they lost by 10 um yeah the Boston is is not going through it I actually saw a video where their fans were booing the ones that they had in attendance but um those are two or three games right there we should win again putting us at a nine-game win streak. And uh, then we kind of – the rest of the road's tough. But, I mean, I have total faith in this team. Um, I like what they're doing. I like the confidence of MPJ. He's finally showing some consist- consistency. Um, and I just think any one of these guys, any night, could come out and put the numbers on the board and have a great game. And that's something that is going to be important when it comes playoff time, for sure. Yeah. 
as soon as I got off of the MPJ train, because he wasn't helping me hit bed, he starts going off, of course. That's just how it is with me and MPJ, I guess. And I agree. I think the Nuggets will work to try to climb the kind of the ladder of success, not the standings, you know, so that they don't end up having to face some of the teams that would be a tough matchup for them. Um, I forget, though, who somebody tweeted about somebody like basketball analysis person tweeted about how they thought the NBA finals this year is going to be a lot like this March madness where, you know, potentially lower seeds in that first round could win out. We'll see, you know, but. Oh, Jenna. Jenna's not much of a college sports gal folks. So she has to know that March Madness is the complete opposite of NBA basketball. The one seeds typically make it in the NBA. The one seeds of March Madness is a free-for-all. Well, you're thinking about teams like what if the Denver Nuggets go up against the Lakers as a 4-5? You don't think – I think they're, it's potential. This team is – you're going to take them to seven at least, especially depending on where LeBron's at. The Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns are a really good team. I think there's some underdog matchups that could swing in the underdog's favor if they do end up going that way or ending up in that um, in the standings that way. But you never know. I'm not saying it's well, like okay. Let's let's be straight up here, okay? The Lakers most likely, if they are healthy, will be heading back to the NBA Finals. That's like I'm trying to give the best analogy here um that's like if last year the Dodgers came in through a wild card and I was saying like oh the lower seed made it into the the World Series and won it we all knew they were going to be there because they were with the top team it's just they took some breaks during the regular season it's not such like an upset now if the Suns made it I'd be like okay we got madness but um, nah, it wouldn't be like anything special if the Lakers go in as a five seed and end up making the finals. In the East, it would be, but I don't see that happening either. I mean, right now the Celtics would be taking on the Sixers. That could be a f- upset. <sighs> you know, I like this Boston team, but um, they they can't figure it out right now. Something's they- off taking on the bucks as the the heat as the underdog you know that could go the heat's way oh it could definitely go the heat's way i just think that the heat wouldn't make the finals though no i'm just i'm not saying about the finals i'm just saying first rounds there could be some upsets you know because of the way the standings are right now you have some really good teams lower probably because of covid really and how it's affected certain teams the heat is a good example of one They've been plagued with COVID, so they're lower in the standings maybe, but they could win in a first-round matchup if they have to face the Bucks. That's probably what they're hoping for after last year. That would be hilarious. Um, <laughs> but, yes, as of right now, the Nuggets – well, actually, with their win tonight, looks like they are in fourth place and the Lakers are in fifth place. So, Or did you say that? Or you, I thought you had That's it. what I said. Oh, I thought yeah. you – Yeah. So, I mean, the Clippers would be taking on the Blazers. I think the Clippers win. But the Suns would be taking on the Mavericks. How about that? I'm taking Mavs. And they'd be the underdog in that 
Yeah, they would, but I'm not saying they get all the way to the finals. I'm just saying first round, you could see there's some upsets, right? Jenna, don't I want... think you got some madness fever. I don't. I, don't. I think you got more madness fever. You stretching. No, no, no. I was just saying about that tweet, but I can't remember who tweeted it. I think it was Chuck or somebody. Anyways, the Nuggets take Wait, on. It because I know why you're bringing this up. Last night at the national championship game, Chuck said on the live broadcast, he said, other than the Olympics, this March Madness is the single greatest sporting event in sports. Did you take it personal? No, I didn't even hear him he say that. Him say that. No. Nope. It's a pretty big statement right there. I mean, it depends on what you think about the Olympics. But. Oh, I, would, I meant like not the Olympics. Everything but the Olympics. Right. But if you don't think his value on the Olympics is true, then how can you think that his the part about the March Madness is true? You don't believe what he has no, to say. I think no, I, I think he's right about the Olympics. It's it's the world. The world's involved. It's you can't beat that. But other than that, March Madness, baby. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It is above and beyond. I gotta tell you. Well, we'll have to see. I don't know about March Madness or that bubble run the Nuggets had where they beat two teams when they were down three one. I I'd take the bubble run for sure. Yeah, the beauty of March Madness is it's one game. Right, which is why anybody can win. If the Nuggets did it that way, that it, I mean, if the NBA did it that way, you might see a lot more upsets. That'd be kind of fun, not going to lie. That would be kind of fun. They should just do a tournament like that just so we could see, you know, like just for fun. Yes. They, they should be able to take off like a week or two and do it then – in the middle of the season, just see, we'll see what happens. Right. Or where your young rookie team guys are playing in it. And then we know who's, whose future is the best based off this tournament. It could be cool. We should really be in charge yeah. of something. You, you lost if they did it during summer league. You no, know, if I had it my own. Uh, summer league, summer league would be good. They do it in summer league, don't they? But not one and done. They play like series and then they play tournament. I don't know. I guess, I mean, college basketball and NBA basketball is a lot different. But as far as a thriller, knowing that you have one game Make it to happen. move on, there's nothing like it. You see the, the sweat, the blood, the tears. You see it all. It's amazing. Yeah. They don't make one shining moment from nothing. That's all I got to say. You know who I think? wins in a one and done situation teams like the Denver Nuggets where you have a guy like Jamal Murray who never quits he never quits you know who doesn't win in a one and done situation the Bucks for darn sure the Bucks can win in a one one and done I don't trust the Bucks heck no (laughs) you you know who I the heat you know who I trust the most a one and done situation who? LeBron James. I, do. I don't see someone going all out against LeBron and LeBron going all out on them. Nah. Yeah. 
But I'm saying there's certain teams, you know, like the Bulls, I think they'd be better in a one and done situation. They're a team that I feel I definitely would be better in a one and done situation. I think that the Blazers would be good in a one and done situation. Yeah, maybe. 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 Well, they got the two games against San Antonio and then they have Boston. Do you think Boston gives this team any trouble? Because after that, the next team up would be your Miami Heat. I mean, there's a Golden State Warriors game, but I don't think that's going to be any competition for this team. God, I hope not. But um, I don't know. Boston, I they shouldn't give them trouble just because they're just in a different – I don't know. They, there's lots of issues going on, I think, in Boston, so I don't think they're going to be an issue – now the Miami Heat game, we talking uh, we're talking Oladipo on Jamal. We got Bam on Jokic. It's gonna be a fun night. That is gonna be a fun game. I'm excited to watch it to see just even the Aaron Gordon Bam matchup and mm-hmm. dunks back and forth. The alley oop threat. Now the Nuggets, for the first time really in a long time, have an alley oop threat that you can really go to often in the game. So. A lot more fun because a lot of times I felt like every other team had an alley-oop threat, a guy who could dunk big, and we just didn't because Jokic is our big and out there and he doesn't play that way. Although he does dunk a little bit here and there nowadays, but typically not like those big BAM style dunks. So now we have our own to come back instead of just highlights of the other team dunking against the Nuggets. Uh, It will will be interesting to see how um jamal goes against olin depot and then mpj getting defended by jimmy butler those are just matchups i'd love to see to just kind of see where they're at level wise because those bam aludipo and butler are just quality defenders yeah they happen it's just their offense is not keeping up but i kind of be interesting i think that it'll be oladipo against mpj and and um, Jimmy, who will guard Jamal. Jamal's the threat. See, I was, I was going to ask you that, but I feel like Olin Depot would lose too much height on MPJ. Yeah, I mean, Olin Depot, I mean, his arms, he has a long reach. I think he's a pretty good defender at the three. And what I like about Jimmy against – Jamal is Jimmy. Jimmy's the kind of guy that you don't want to drive against. He's like, he's really, really good defending um, on ball when the person with the ball is dribbling. And I think he's going to stop. I think he'll give Jamal Murray a little bit of trouble, more trouble than anybody else recently. It'll be interesting. I bet they also shake it up. Coach Spose an in-game shaker upper. So, yeah. Um, Either way, I mean, those are both two guys, good defenders, and if they're putting up these numbers against those guys, then I think that just raises my bar of expectations of what they can do even more. So, Yeah, I think that'll be the first real kind of test of this team, and can they um, you know, play with some of the best guys in the league, play with like a real test of – because, I mean, yes, Jeremy Grant played well for the Pistons – and had there not been so many people out against the, the Sixers or the Magic, or I mean, the Clippers, 
before the Magic game, the Clippers game, and that Sixers game had a lot of guys who were on the injured list. Had they not, maybe those would have been a good test for this team as well. But since they had guys out, I think that Miami Heat game is going to be a big test for them. But Boston had gave gave them a run for their money the last time they saw them. Um, the Nuggets lost every single quarter to the Boston Celtics <laughs> in the one game they faced them this season so far. So it could have just been um, one of those games where they were just not on point. But I do think that there's some things that Boston throws out there that are that have given Denver problems. So we'll see how that one goes as well. But I'm excited for that Miami game too. Um, any other takeaways for the night, Rye? That you want to share with the fans? Yeah, let's get your hot take on your on your favorite team ever, and uh, that's the Colorado Rockies and how they're going to be hosting the All Star Game now. I mean, I wasn't a real fan of like supporting Monfort when he's not really making putting any of that money, investing that money into the team. We have no proof that he's invested any of the money he's making off of this Rockies team over the last several years into the team, especially when he does deals, cuts deals like the Nolan Arenado deal and gets nothing back. Every single pitch, every single at bat you watch for Trevor story. It's like just on his way to another team. So it's frustrating, but I also kind of have crossing my fingers here. Maybe he makes tons of money by hosting this game and maybe he does for once pay Trevor story. Maybe that is the case. I sure hope so. Well, for Denver is that it should be bringing like over a hundred million dollars in revenue to the city itself. So that's really good for Denver. And uh, the most exciting part I think is going to be the home run derby. <laughs> yeah. It'll be really exciting because those balls are going to fly. Um, They're going to fly. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be really fun. I think they should let Black go be the celebrity uh, home run derby rep for the Nuggets because, you know, that guy that you hate on the Nuggets, Black go, the really big, huge, giant dude. He looks like Jokic size out there, and you said he looked like he could play football. Yep. Yeah, I think that he should let him hit bombs in Coors Field for the celebrity uh, softball game. I think that'd be awesome. Um and any news that you want to share with anybody on the pod? Oh, that's what you heard. Uh, is there getting that? I don't know. Wait, are you trying to share that news? Oh, sorry. My, my mind did not go to myself. I was thinking about just sports, but I am joining uh, the Hornets organization, just accepted a job with them. And um, so I'm going to be part of their, their uh, you know, organization too. So I'll be Hornets in the East and I'll be Nuggets in the West. I feel like it's a fair game there. Now, if we're going up against each other, you know, I got to do the one that's really paying me. So, you know, but. Uh, For sure. But no. Right. No more heat talk. That's what this means. You're not a heat fan anymore. We don't have to tolerate all this heat talk in our place of worship, the Jokic Dome. You know, there's a there's a team that if you grow up with them they're always going to be in your heart it's like that first boyfriend they're always going to be there and yes you're going to move on and you're going to love other teams other people all these things but it's still there 
the Heat will still be there, even though they're in the same division as Charlotte. But, um, you know, that's life. What if they're going up against the Hornets? Who are you? Who are you cheering for? Um, I'm gonna go with the Hornets. <laughs> uh, just because you know, you never know who's watching. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but honestly, I as much as as I do like the Heat, I I initially became a Heat fan because of Dwayne Wade, and he's not there anymore. So the big love I have for them is is not really as big. So maybe it's time to transition a little bit. They're a fun team to watch. We'll leave it at that, though. It's been great talking with the greatest basketball player ever. Oh my gosh. Except for that. But she's not a Heat fan, okay? She She's not. It was only because of Dwayne Wade. It wasn't because of Pat Riley or Spo or anything else. <laughs> a man has a great name. What can I say? It's been a delight up until this last portion talking to you, Riley. Um, thanks for joining today, everybody, and listening to this episode of the Chicken Nuggets podcast on the Denver Stiffs Network. Be sure to tune in weekly and check us out. You can follow Riley and all the work that she does at Riley Biller on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow me at Vita Viva Diva on Twitter and Instagram as well. We'll talk to you guys soon.